Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are entrepreneurs that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They are creating businesses that really add value to others, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, Inspiration for the Entrepreneurial Mind with Chris Cooper. If you're looking for ways to develop your entrepreneurial spirit while you contribute to a better world, you'll want to stay tuned for the next hour. Now, here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hello there, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchieveMore.com and CC1Consulting.com and it's uh, an absolute pleasure to be back with you again this week. Uh, Firstly, um, I'd like to say thank you to uh, former IBO World Welterweight Boxing Champion of the World, Billy Schwer, who joined us last week. Uh, One listener kindly commented that she almost felt like she was there at his world finals as he articulated what it was like to fight for the world title, not not um, on one occasion, but actually it was his fourth occasion uh, before he won. Um, some great tips um, during the show f- um, from him on individual and team performance. If you're not listening to it, do check it out and f- feel free to send me any comments because I love to hear uh, from people about what uh, their experiences of the show. Also this week, um, I had the privilege of, of pre-recording an interview. It was actually with one of the world's greatest saxophone players, uh, Chris White, formerly of Dire Straits, and now once again playing Dire Straits music with a band called The Straits, which is a number of former members of Dire Straits uh, involved in that. And And that show will air on the 5th of October. And, and I tell you, if you, like me, you love music and you're interested in the lessons learned during his career that maybe you can take back into your into your businesses, then it was really absolutely fascinating. And if you want to hear what it's like to play in front of 1.9 billion viewers at Live Aid, then uh, do check it out. Um, so that, that'll air on the 5th of October. So let's move on from the world stages of boxing and rock music to another challenge that for, for many of us is far closer to home. And that's the world of careers. And as a, as a mentor myself, I mentor many people, and, and very often it's mentoring around their careers, um, particularly if they work for, for large organizations, as, as well as uh, you know, thinking about the future if they're um, a small business. Um, but I thought this would be a really great topic for the show. You know, developing your career can at times, it can feel really hard work. I had many years of it in my corporate life, and... And there's often, you know, it's a bit of a game, isn't it? And there's there's often some unwritten rules that, um, you know, it would be helpful if someone would actually help us unravel and understand them, you know, the beginning of our careers, then maybe we'd uh, move forward much quicker. Um, now, you might be somebody who's developing your career. Or maybe like you're one of the many people who also advise others. And the question is, are you equipped with the best knowledge to be able to help them? Or is it just an opinion you're sharing? You know, there are times like a boxer that you can feel really bruised and battered as you move through your career. And there's other occasions when you might feel top of of the world. Um, But leading a fulfilling and progressive career really is an art form. Um, For this show, I wanted um, to 
to invite an expert to talk with me about this. Uh, and, and I'm delighted to have a leading corporate people development expert. Um, and her name is Hilary Wilson. Um, she's also got a real strong interest and spends a lot of time around career development. She's an international keynote speaker. She's a trainer and a mentor. Uh, she founded a business, Wilson Associates Limited, uh, a UK-based uh, development consultancy back in 1989. So she's been doing this work for a, a, quite a long time. And during this time, she's worked with no less than 65 of the top FTSE 100 companies in the United Kingdom, designing and delivering some 3,750 bespoke career development programs and facilitating over 5,850 hours of coaching. And I think those are pretty incredible statistics. Over the last 22 years, um, through her observation, interacting and researching with 55,000 executives across a, a huge range of organizations, um, and I should say not just in the UK, but internationally, and um, she's really pinpointed the top critical success factors when it comes to career success and she uses these to help uh, create workforces who really know how to manage their careers. Uh, she's also author of a really neat little book. Uh, I actually read it myself while I was away on a holiday and I, it's called The Little Black Book of Career Success and, and I wished when I read it that I discovered its contents uh, many years ago. So uh, a very big welcome to Hilary Wilson. Thank you. And hello, Chris. How are you? Very well indeed. Thank you. And I think um, people may uh, listen and, and uh, hear a Scottish accent there. I am indeed Scottish. And as I'm very fond of saying, I'm a posh Glaswegian. And sometimes people don't think that's true. But uh, I am from Glasgow and I'm very, very proud of that. Fantastic. And uh, I, I heard uh, some... A little bird told me that you actually received a letter from David Cameron this week, our, our Prime Minister in the UK. Is that is that correct? And what was that for? Well, Chris, it is true. And I'm very proudly sitting here at my desk with a letter on my desk. Now, I wasn't the only recipient of this letter. 70,000 other people in the UK got the same letter because I was part of a big team of people that was a volunteer at the 2012 Olympics. And David Cameron wrote to us all to thank us. And it's a very lovely letter and it's on very nice paper. So I, I thought that was just a delightful touch. Wonderful. Do you think he signed all 70,000 himself? Um, I don't think I'm going to comment on that for fear of saying the wrong thing, Chris. <laughs> but uh, a, nice, a nice touch. And uh, I believe that was a pretty amazing experience for, for people who did volunteer. Did you enjoy that? Oh, I absolutely loved it. I feel I've probably turned into a bit of a bore about it. It was just probably actually the best thing I've ever done. It was inspiring. It was energizing. It was humbling. It was emotional. It was just a most superb thing to be a part of. And we've been so well appreciated by members of the public and in the press but I think the thing that loads of games makers like myself, volunteers like myself would want to say was thank you because it was just such an honour to be part of, of that and to meet so many great people. Fabulous. Hey, now let, let's, um, let's talk about career success. Um, and uh, I wonder, Hilary, you know, how would you define career success? I think that is a really critical question, Chris. And what I would say to everyone is, 
we will each have our own definition. So if we, we sort of went out into the street now and we asked 100 people, how would you define it? We would get very, very different answers. I'm definitely sure we'd get answers around, well, I want the six-figure salary. I want a senior job in a corporation. I want promotion. We would get answers that would include... I want to have a fulfilling role within admin, within a medium-sized company that allows me to leave at five o'clock to pick my children up from school, right the way through to working perhaps in the not-for-profit sector, making a real difference in areas of the community that are really struggling. So what, what I think is at the heart of it is we each have our own thing that for us would mean success. And to me, it's an extraordinarily wise man or woman that, that knows for them what success means and avoiding getting caught up in what the media or the world or your granny thinks you should be doing. It's a very much an inner sense of what is it that works for me and my family? Mm. Um, and I, and I, I guess that, you know, as you, as you develop through your career, Hillary, that you know those objectives may well change because um, I certainly remember myself as I was uh, you know left university and 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 went on and and got corporate jobs. I was very very career focused at that time. But actually, when I got a bit older and got married and had a family, my 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 career objective changed. Success was a different thing. Yes, I think that's spot on, Chris. I think it does change throughout our lives. And I think the fact that we spend on average 100,000 hours at work over our lifetime means that it is worth thinking about what we want. And it, I notice that what we focus on career-wise ebbs and flows with the rest of our life. So there's a time where it's all important. And there's a time, certainly for many of my senior clients in, in corporations, where the, the career is, is part of a much bigger whole that is the life and things like birth of children impacts that, ailing parents impacts that, health issues and scares impact that. So I would sum it up as doing the best you can with what you've got in that given moment. Okay. What, what do you think are the, the problems people face when they're, they're trying to advance their careers that you've seen through your work I think there's a few things that I, I come up against on a regular basis. The most, I would say, the most basic of those is a sense for some people of a lack of confidence or self-esteem. I'll often talk to people who think that there's only one job for them and therefore they're not quite clear about what the, the ideal job would be. And the reality is there will be hundreds of jobs that you could do with your skills, your strengths, your achievements and your personality. So I would definitely encourage people to step away from the thought that there is only one job. There's numerous jobs in numerous environments. One of the other things I think that can get in the way is trying to be something you're not and not fitting. And we've just been speaking about the Olympics and one of my favorite Olympians is, is Colin Jackson, a 110 meter hurdler, who has a very impressive track record, as I'm sure many people know, now retired. And I met Colin Jackson several years ago, and he was talking to a group of us, and he talked with great passion about, for the first half of his career, he wanted to be perfect and do it exactly how he was supposed to and kind of follow the perfect rule book of the 110-meter hurdler. 
And he got to a point where, yes, he'd been successful, but he then thought to himself, I'm sure I can be even better. So I'm really going to combine what I absolutely know works for me with the sort of the unwritten rules of being a great hurdler. And he talked particularly about two races. And he said, as I look back on those races, I'm very struck by the fact that I didn't necessarily get the perfect start. And as I went over the third hurdle, my knee was slightly further down than it should have been. And as I crossed the finish line, my my upper body wasn't as aligned as it really ideally was supposed to be. And actually, they were the two races where I set the world records. And those world records have been maintained for many, many years. So the world record came from him being the very best he could be, not perfect. And I would say the thing that really gets in the way of people's success is trying to be something they're not. Absolutely listen to your own wisdom and instinct about what's going to work for you whilst paying attention to what what is it that really gets you noticed in this environment. It, it's a very you know interesting point that isn't it about not not trying to be perfect all the time as i guess you know being natural with it is uh, is more important perhaps i absolutely agree chris that that being natural not only is it far more impactful and compelling to the people that meet us it's much easier to maintain because we're not putting loads of energy into being something we're not fantastic we're gonna we're gonna go to a commercial break now um we shall be back again with you either in a, in a couple of minutes and uh, we've got some really interesting uh, interesting conversation and content to share with you uh, very shortly so do stay on the line When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, bemoreachievemore.com and cc1consulting.com. And, and do drop me emails and uh, 
Um, feel free to ask any questions as well if you want to uh, during the show. If we have the time, we'll we'll answer them. Um, uh, uh, Hilary, I read your book on career success, and uh, could you explain what you mean by do you manage your career like a bat or a frog? Right, Chris, I fully appreciate that's a really unusual question. So <laughs> I'm going to just give you the backdrop so the listeners will have some understanding of what they've been asked. So the question is, do you manage your career like a frog or like a bat? So success in the animal world is having enough to eat and staying alive. And the frog strategy for doing that is he sits in his little pond. He doesn't travel very far. He's got the awareness to pick up one or two different insects that come his way. Once he spots one, he'll hop across, he'll grab it, and then he'll go back to lying in the sun and chilling out. Doesn't travel very far, but is quite happy, thank you very much. Now, the bat strategy, as I think most people know, bats have the most extraordinary sonar radar and are very tuned into a great big picture, and they're able to pick up lots and lots of subtle signals. And what they're very good at doing is picking up the subtle signals of the tasty morsel to eat, rushing off and grabbing it. And the minute they've done that, they're tuning back into that great big 360-degree environment that they operate in and locking on to the next tasty morsel. So it's the combining, grabbing the details with the linking it into the big picture and picking up the next detail that needs to be noticed. So I would then ask the question, once I'd explained that, are you managing your career like a frog or like a bat? <clears throat> so so the, the, the bat has much more kind of sensory acuity and much more awareness of what's going on around it. Um, yes, yes. And I, I think, Chris, one of the things is that maybe people get the impression that one is better than the other. And I wouldn't say one is better than the other. The frog strategy is about getting the tasks out the way. The frog strategy is about perhaps for those times when we're very stretched in our wider life and the best we can do is just do the basics. The, the bat strategy is about the need to get out there and notice what's happening in that wider world around us. So I would say they complement each other. I would definitely suggest that people need around about 70% of bat-like behaviours to succeed within a corporate environment. Now that, that, make, because, um, that makes a lot of sense because, I mean, in, in a corporate environment, generally people prefer people who are more proactive or are more out there getting things done, making things happen, linking into the bigger picture than maybe you know, taking tasks and that are given to them and dealing with it. Yes, yes. Um, but you're right, sometimes there's times when our energy is low or... Uh, where um, there's lots going on elsewhere and we just have to be you know it's okay to be a frog for a little little bit of time it's absolutely okay and at times it's very very necessary uh, what, what, what sort of situations would be very necessary you... well I think if we're perhaps under a lot of pressure outside at work if we're feeling um, you know we're feeling challenged by um, something within a family situation. And as I'm speaking, I'm thinking about one of my chief execs that, that I've been coaching, a very senior guy, extremely impressive, long and illustrious career within the corporate environment. And last year, his father was dying of cancer. And he was very, very clear that though he would keep the ship sailing forward in fine style, his priority was 
doing everything he could for his family and for his dad. And he very much did that. And because he's a great leader, and, you know, very much following the leaders inspire managers and managers require model, he was an inspirational leader. So it, the folks that worked for him really picked up the reins and gave him the time and the space to do something that is so much more important than the corporate career, which is be with those people that you love and support them. I think that's a really good point. And, 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 I, and I think maybe you know, a bit like uh, at times you have to recharge your batteries, don't you? You can't go out with your foot on the accelerator all the time. Um, sometimes important just to take stock, recharge and then go off again, maybe. Yes, I think that's absolutely key because if I look at the pace of change in corporate environments, even since I started running my business 23 years ago, the pace of change is exponential. You know, the fact that we have, let's say, in one Sunday quality newspaper, more information than the Victorians had in a whole year, that just gives you a little tiny snapshot of the change. And, and I know all your listeners will have all of their own experiences of what that change in pace has meant. And I don't know how you can sustain that in a way that's healthy if it's relentless day after day. Uh, we had a guest on, a, on, on the show early in the year, Michael Jackson from South Africa, who was uh, ex uh, explaining how in 10 years' time the prediction is we could be 22 times busier. <laughs> Oh, goodness, that's really scary. Fortunately, <laughs> by then, I'll probably be semi-retired. <laughs> <laughs> now, we had a show recently with uh, Leslie Everett on personal branding, which um, I, I think was really well worth a listen. And I wonder what your perspectives are on discovering your brand when it comes to career success. Right. Well, what I would absolutely say, if you want to know about personal brand, listen to Leslie's session. I know Leslie, we've done some writing together and her work is just excellent. So, so my take on personal brand is very much this. A personal brand is the trail of messages you leave behind you as you go about your daily life at work or indeed your life in general. And I know some people aren't particularly keen on the term personal brand. Well, find something that works for you, but just be aware that everything we say and everything we do creates an impression. And that is what I would describe as a personal brand. The key way to start really articulating and identifying it is to think about what am I doing at work when I feel most alive? Start to answer that type of question. What am I known for in the organization I work in? When you think about the work you do, what are you most proud of? And those things that come to mind, they're at the heart of the brand because they're natural and authentic to you. I think that's a very important part of it, is sticking with what's true for you. It's much better to think about, if I was going to market my skills on a market stall, what would I really want on that stall? Take some time to think about that organize your stall before you even consider how do I get my message to market spend some time thinking about who am I what are my strengths my qualities my attributes my achievements who am I and if you think about the amount of time and money corporations spend on brands I would absolutely encourage anyone in the corporate world 
to ask themselves the question, would you invest in a business that didn't invest in itself? And the reality is you wouldn't. And corporations spend a fortune on brand. And I'm going to suggest that it's really important that individuals within that organization have a sense of what they bring. Because organizations want to invest in people that are bringing the stuff they seek. That's a really, really interesting point that, you know, we are... We are kind of like uh, little islands in that business, and uh, we want to make, uh, I guess, our island as uh, as attractive for people to liaise with and visit and communicate with as possible. And, and I guess each of those interactions uh, build up uh, perceptions of you and, and impact the success of your career. I think that's a delightful way of putting it. It, it is. We are little islands within that bigger continent. And creating an island that's true to who you are and what you like doing and what you can naturally do well, it's much easier to maintain and it's appealing because people get it's authentic. And if you look at some of the most successful brands in the world, they do what they say they're going to do and they do what they do so very well and they stick to it. And we've seen several brands in the UK get into trouble when they've gone off peace, as it were, away from their core offering and into stuff they're not so good at. So stick to what you're good at and notice what that is. Just a little interesting side. I remember going thinking back to my career and I was working for a very big global uh, confectionery company and I had um, I went for a job interview in the company for something else and the company saw a win-win uh, in that uh, they had somebody else who they liked and they thought, well, actually, if we give her the job and give Chris... Uh, her job, because it was a kind of job on parallel, then that could work out very well for us. So, um, but unfortunately, the the job they wanted to give me, it was a very detailed analytical job, even though a big one, and I didn't feel it suited me, me personally. I ended up making the choice that, no, I wanted the job that I was originally going for. So it was a very tough decision because she didn't get a a different role. Um, I, I got the job I wanted, but the company felt a bit miffed. But, the, but I chose it because I didn't feel I was suited to the one they were offering. And I just wonder, you know, should you, in developing your career, should you take the company, um, sort of what they want in, in mind? Or do you think it's important to listen to your heart and your values? Well, I, I do have a view on this. And, and obviously, it's a, very much said in the backdrop of each individual has to work out their, the economics of the choice. And aside from the economics, I would say, let your guts and your heart manage your career. Having watched so many people over so many years have successful careers, the ones that have been most successful and remain energized with a life in balance have let their guts and their heart manage their career. Good, good, good point. How, how, do, you, how do you figure out though, what you really, really want from your career? Um, you know, I'm hearing that in the UK anyway, less and less people, for example, now want to be a CEO. They want a better life balance. But how, how do you really figure out for you what it is that you want? One of the key ways I think we can do that is by noticing what gives you energy at work and what takes energy away from you. So, you know, you were talking about that job you were offered. It was very detailed and analytical. And there was almost a sense, as you described that, that your heart sank and I think that that's a key indicator. And I do a lot of work in the area of professional services, so law firms, accountancy firms, and so on. 
And quite often I'm supporting people on partner track. And the first question I ask when somebody comes from a coaching session around partner track and being successful there, I ask them, what do you love to do? What are you doing when you feel most alive at work? What does being a partner involve? And is there a similarity between what you love to do and what's involved in the role of a partner? If that makes sense, Chris. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yes, I think, I think it really does make sense because um, and I've had a... You know, a client uh, in the last few months who, you know, had to really, really wanted to have a particular job, but actually, when I really helped him uh, work with it, um, he it was fairly clear that actually there were certain components of the job he really wasn't going to like at all, <laughs> and, and he'd got yes. a wonderful life right now. So, you know, it was going to be a big stretch for him in many ways. And when he got there, I'm not sure he was going to like what he was being. Um, being offered um, but, but I think the natural thing often is to feel that you want the next step yes and I, I there's a couple of I, I would say great tools around being able to identify that the type of work that really switches you on there's lots of stuff available in the web that helps you to identify your strengths your transferable skills your key attributes there's a lot of good stuff publicly available and I would absolutely say it's madness to manage a brand if you don't know what the brand is offering. So take some time just thinking about that. There's some excellent stuff available around what are your key work values. Of course, you can sit and just write them out. But there's lots of checklists available for pulling that stuff out. And can I tell you about one of my favorite career management tools? Sure. So it involves the biggest word I know, and I'm not going to try and spell it. So the best tool available for managing your career is your reticular activating system, otherwise known as your RAS. Your reticular activating system is, I would say, the best tool around for having a successful career. And I'm very conscious most people are going to be going, what? What is she talking about? Let me explain it in a way that's got nothing to do with careers for a minute. Just Let's just, just imagine We've you decide... We've got about mm-hmm. 45 seconds or something like that so before we go to commercial break. So um, keep it a little brief and we'll maybe continue after the break. <laughs> Excellent. Let's imagine you decide you want to buy a red sports car. All of a sudden you start to notice red sports cars everywhere. And I'm guessing you've had that experience as well with your listeners. So when you start thinking about something, it starts to show up. So when you know what it is you want... If you've articulated, it starts to show up way more because you've engaged your brain on it. You've got your RAS on the case. Yeah, great. So get your RAS on the case. Yes, get those filters in your brain filtering for what you want, and they need to know what you're after, so a little bit of homework's required. That's really good, really, really good uh, point. So we're going to go to commercial break now, but after the break, we're going to talk about something that I think is really important, and that's how you best get noticed for the right reasons. So join us again in a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Hi, I'm Rebecca Costa, host of the Costa Report. 
Our guest this week is going to give us a rare look into the world of global hackers. The author of We Are Anonymous, Parmi Olson, will be here to tell us how hackers have assaulted Visa, PayPal, Sony Entertainment, even the Vatican. This is one program you don't want to miss. Join Parmi Olson this Tuesday at 6 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on the Voice America Business Channel. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchievemore.com, and I'm with Hilary Wilson, and we're talking about uh, a career success. And uh, Hilary, I want to, I really want to ask you this question and, and chat through with you about how you, you best get noticed for the right reasons, because it certainly sometimes seems that those people who are trying to get noticed, and everybody else picks up on it, and uh, uh, and it can be quite uh, quite a difficult situ- situation, and that can actually affect their brand. Um, how do you best get noticed? I think that is the all-important question, and I think I, I probably had my first experience of this about 17 or 18 years ago. I was lucky enough to, to be a speaker at a conference where Anita Roddick, the late great founder of Body Shop, was the opening speaker. And she did an extraordinary thing with Body Shop way before it was cool and trendy to be conscious and aware of what was happening with the planet. So she'd started a very leading edge business and she got up and spoke, as you would probably expect, with great passion about how she hated the fact of how you come across as more important than who you are in a corporation. And she went on for, for at some length as how t- she didn't like this. Then she said, however, the reality is this, that the quiet person in body shop who doesn't speak up at meetings, that doesn't connect with colleagues, that doesn't really understand the big picture and how they fit, will not get on as well as the person that is more visible. So she really brought home the importance of visibility. And just after that, I came across some research from IBM, which very much focused on what differentiates you in an organization. And what was very clear was task was a basic minimum requirement. Because if you think about it, task doesn't differentiate you because everybody else is doing it. If you don't do it, you get fired, but it doesn't differentiate you. So what does and what the IBM research showed very clearly was how you went about doing the task was all important. So the behaviors, your ability to communicate, build relationships, influence, present, all of those were key. And task and the style with which you delivered it built your reputation and visibility. And what the research clearly showed was 10% 
alone of getting on was to do with doing the task. But what really gave you the edge was how you did the task and the reputation and visibility that you built up. So those two things, basically the behaviors and the reputation and visibility form 90% of your ability to get on in an organization. That's re- I think that's really interesting. I, 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 I can remember, I'm th- I've got me thinking of a, a charity fundraiser that I met who actually had significantly increased the level of um, sort of contributions through through a, a particular event that she organized. However, um, she so irritated people around her <laughs> that she came into contact <laughs> with that she, uh, she, I think she's probably pretty isolated <laughs> after <laughs> a month or two and people were saying, I don't want to work with her. <laughs> but she got, the, she got the task done, but the way she went about it, unfortunately, uh, didn't uh, have a positive impact on her brand. Not remotely, and that's the thing that gives people the edge. How how do you make people feel? That's um, you know drawing on the work of Maya Angelou. You know that whole piece around people might remember what you say and do. They will definitely remember how you make them feel. So when when you're thinking about the people you, you come in touch with and within a corporation, the key stakeholders, as it were, that you're involved with. What's your impact on them? What's the state of the emotional bank account between you and them based on the behavioral piece? That is absolutely at the heart of career success, is being able to build working relationships with people. You might not like everybody, but that's a whole other thing that it is about building those working relationships. Sure. Sure. Um, so, so you say the, you know, this kind of visibility is really important. Um, how do you go about developing that effectively? So the, the absolute bedrock of this is you have to deliver on task and, and delivering your task in an emotionally intelligent way. So just, just I think one of the things that I would say to, to all of my clients is you already have a reputation and visibility. And I think one way to assess how visible you are in your organization is how long does it take you to get from your seat to the coffee machine? Now, if you can be there like a rat up a drain pipe, your visibility is poor. So how do you start to, to increase it? Well, I think there's a number of ways. The fastest way bar none to become more visible is to master the skills of being able to present whether it's contributing in a meeting whether it's doing a presentation to a small group or a a large group and I know many people are nervous about presenting but it is the fastest way to progress in an organization because it really ups your visibility and I would absolutely stake my life and my reputation on the fact that presentation skills can absolutely be learned. I've seen that so many times in my career working with nervous executives in the presentation space and them developing into really great speakers. I would develop that skill for sure. I would also, in terms of reputation and visibility, suggest that we become like the people we spend time with. So who are you spending time with? You mentioned, Chris, the whole idea of of having a mentor and being a mentor. I think that's a very valuable way to develop reputation and visibility. And finally, just grab any learning and development that you can, because it's it's about developing your brand. So all of the back catalogs of your excellent shows 
in themselves have a raft of great learning. So keep learning. Yes, there's certainly there's a awful lot of material there for for people and almost mm-hmm. uh, you know many of the subjects conceivable for business now if they go back in the archive and have a listen. So uh, so thank you for for that that point. And I just want to go back actually for something you said which uh, kind of resonated with me and that. I'm, I'm interested. It, sometimes we have, do have to work with and influence people that we don't like, and yes. I wonder what your thoughts are on dealing with them, and um, particularly if they're career blockers. Oh, Chris, this is a real judgment call question, and you immediately make me think of one of my favourite clients who earlier on in his career came to one of our coaching sessions, and he almost could see the steam coming out of his ear. Um somebody on the board in his organization, absolutely critical to my client's career, had done something that had trampled on my client's core values. Now, his initial reaction is, I'm resigning. And I said, well, that's great. Go ahead and do that. However, let's first just explore it. So I think there's times where we may want to walk away. And if that's the thing that's really uppermost in your instincts in your heart, then you have to do that. However, what I would say is, You can get to influence people without liking them. So what my client decided to do, having let off some steam and had a bit of a rant and a bit of a swear, if I'm honest, he said, right, he said, I recognize I want to keep working here. I have a great career and this guy could majorly get in the way of my career success. So my client very bravely decided to join a working party where this chap was involved. And after working together with this guy on this particular project, my client walked away saying this, I don't like the guy and there's certain things he can do in a business way that I really respect. He's got certain skills and strengths that are admirable and I don't like him. So I think you can get to that place. It's a bit like one of those, I've seen this exercise with uh, uh, couples that were getting close to divorce um, and we asked to sort mm. of sit down and, and write down on a piece of paper uh, and then share with the other person um, what are the, uh, the what are the things that they really like about them, um, and what, mm-hmm. what are their positive attributes, uh, maybe in a corporate setting, uh, and that can be helpful in realizing actually that somebody you're so frustrated with actually does have quite a lot of positive attributes. I, and I think that's at the heart of influence. I do a lot of work in the influencing with integrity space within big organizations. Mm-hmm. And at the absolute heart of any influencing programs I run is the, the first thing to recall is people are best convinced by reasons they find themselves and ones we find for them. So the first invitation I would extend in any situation like that is what's important to that other person? Unless you're a fully qualified mind reader, how are you ever going to know what's important unless you ask people, unless you find out what's important to them, what do they need from you, how do they want it? And one of the things I think that is very lacking in a lot of corporate organizations is the ability to have a high quality conversation where we can find out from each other what's important, what matters and how we might be able to get there. Mm. Uh, those those conversations which maybe you know, go go over those lines that you normally wouldn't talk about, but are really important to to discuss. <laughs> you know. it, completely, they, uh, and there's quite a number of programs, and indeed, I'm doing some stuff myself in the space of having the courageous conversation. Mm. 
And that's, to me, it's, it's a business critical conversation based on the face of change. And if there was one skill I would like my clients to keep on mastering, it's the skill of being able to ask the great open question. Because that's the only way I know to find out what's going on, is to be a master of great questions. Um, of, of asking them to your to yourself. Actually, Chris, I hadn't meant that, but I, actually, I would say first and foremost, ask yourself great questions, because when you ask yourself a question, you'll get an answer. So if you ask yourself a question like, "How come I'm such an idiot in this particular situation?" Your RAS, that filtering part of your brain, will find the evidence. So I think great questions are key to keeping us on track in an organization, but also very much the ability to be able to really understand what is it that those key stakeholders in your career need and want from you, what's important to them. I've got a, I've only got a minute left until we go to commercial break now, but uh, I don't know if you've got any sort of tips very quickly for people who might be feeling a bit burnt out or disillusioned with their career right now. Oh, I would really invite them to jump into Frog. Really think about what are the things, if I could only do one thing that would really help me to feel energized, nurtured and reconnected, what would that one thing be? And I would go all out for those things that we do find, yeah, nurturing and supportive. And I think it's also to do with having people around you that are supportive and avoiding as much as you can what I call the energy vampires and mood hoovers that will be very keen to put us down and, and pour water on, on, on things that we're keen to do. Fantastic. We're going to um, go to commercial break now, but after the break, we're going to look at uh, some qualities and traits that um, from uh, Hillary's kind of research, um, employees find really attractive and uh, promotable. And um, so we'll be back with you again just in a couple of minutes. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, people are working to transform themselves, their futures, and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn. To stay ahead of the game in business, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and your organization. With Nancy's experience and that of her guest experts, you'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention, live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network.
You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of bemoreachievemore.com. I'm with... uh... Uh, Hilary Wilson at the moment, we're talking about career success. And Hilary, I really want to know from your research, um, what are uh, the qualities and traits that really make employees attractive and promotable in a in a corporate culture? Well, actually, there are several things and there's a quite a body of research around these. And the first thing that makes an individual attractive to an organization is the ability to be self-aware and aware of the impact on other people and aware of what's going on in the organization. So that piece around self-awareness is key. And linked to that is the ability to display, to display, if I could say it, the right attitudes and behaviors. And I, I would say they are the absolute key things. This sort of be positive in outlook, attitude, body language, and verbal language. Because the reality is unfair as it may be people believe what they see about us and they make the assumption that how we show up physically and how we look bears some relationship to what we offer from the inside so look like the great brand you are because people believe what they see and that may or may not be accurate and I think most of your listeners will have heard the whole phrase about dress and act for the job you're going to And something somebody said to me the other day that made me smile, never wear anything you wouldn't be proud to bump into your boss's boss in. And I thought that was clever. (laughs) That's a very, very good point. I I can remember my career really taking a jump when I I once defined a a particular step. It was a financial step, actually, and and, and a a step in the kind of hierarchy. And I, I, I defined it and I remember writing it down in terms of what I wanted to achieve. And I... I saw myself doing it in a you know a couple of years time and I decided to kind of behave how I saw people at that level behaving and uh, I remember achieving that in 12 months uh, and take getting a big pay hike at the time and I think I think that act of actually looking at the people how they behaved how they dressed how they talked and communicated and, and kept imagining myself being one of those people and, and behaving like that and I, and I really found that had a huge positive impacts I, I believe in the outcome oh Chris I think that's such a powerful strategy is that notice what the successful people in your organization do and when I say successful in the way that you want to be successful what what do they say what do they do how do they act what what are they like in meetings and it sounds like you did a brilliant job modeling what you saw that you wanted and you got it and I've heard that described as act as if it were true and that's extraordinarily powerful and the perhaps slightly less kind way of saying is fake it till you make it and I think that absolutely works as well (laughs) absolutely I think act as if I think is a really powerful strategy We, yep. we haven't really talked much about about small businesses, and I imagine there's probably some people listening to this who are thinking, well, that's all well and good, but I'm now in a a, a small a business, I've got some employees, uh, and I can't necessarily, it's not so easy to kind of develop them, I've got less scope for promoting them, so, you know, why is this career, you know, success important? How can I manage the careers of those people? I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? 
Well, I've got a few. And what I'm really conscious of is you, you had a very successful big corporate career. You went on to run a business with 25 people. And I think you're actually much more qualified to answer this than <laughs> I am, Chris. <laughs> uh, very, very clever. <laughs> um, I wasn't trying to be clever. I just think you've got <laughs> yeah. way more expertise. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I did. I don't have 25 people in my business now, but I, when, when I left uh, my left the corporate world, I set up a business with with um, some partners, and we grew that very very quickly. It was actually a, a procurement consultancy at the time, and uh, and we grew that to about 25 kind of people. And, and I, I guess the learning that I had from that was sometimes it was a bit difficult. It was difficult sometimes to attract people, particularly if they were in, in a corporate or I'd work for big businesses to come and join you. But you kind of did that through you know, your personalities, I guess. And also, I think there's something quite special about being in a small business in that you know you, you can put your arm around, arms around it, but there's also often so much development work that can be done. So sometimes you can, I think, engage people with their career progression by giving them new and exciting challenges and some things that may be on the, on the periphery of your business right now um, but they've really got to you know, get out there and, and maybe research, meet people. It might be about new sort of product lines or it might be about uh, winning new customers. And, uh, and, and I, think you can, I think you can do that. And you know, as long as also you're able to link that maybe through the success, particularly if it's the bringing in business in, into the company, uh, you know, give them a financial benefit for doing that as well. Um, and I think there's something nice about a small business. If the, if the morale's good, you feel like a close knit team. You know, you working with the with the world, and uh, uh, I think you can engage people if you're if you're smart. I, I think that's a brilliant point, Chris. And I think one of the things that's really important as people consider their brand is also to consider the environment that brings out the best in them, and to notice what environments they find energizing and what energy what environments they find de-energizing because the reality of of working in a small business i absolutely agree when it's working well it's wonderfully exciting you can often have a much bigger variety and learn way more things and the reality is that if you run a, a very small business you need to do way more than what you're really good at so you often get involved in things that might not be your skill set like admin or technology so it's that always being aware of what brings out the best in me let me go for that i think that's a really good point and i've got i've got a set of tools now that um that i use within you know when i'm recruiting people my my clients use them and in a small business they're very very powerful um the wealth Mm -hmm. and talent dynamics if anyone wants to do the wealth dynamics profile i can do it by visiting the shop and be more achieve more um, and it's a really great tool to actually help you understand where people are naturally in the flow and, and where they're not. And, and you're absolutely right. If you give somebody who's a, a you know, creative thinker and, you know, really um, great on their feet and gregarious and you're giving them um, detailed analysis to do, uh, you're probably going to be a bit disappointed by the results and they're not going to be very happy. Um, mm, absolutely. You- and I, I think you've, offered something very valuable Chris you know there's lots of tools you know wealth dynamics being one of them if anyone's ever offered the chance to do any form of psychometrics or or the making sure they're up to date with things like their wealth dynamics profile anything like that just builds knowledge of what brings out the best in us and it's not the be all and the end all 
However, it's a useful insight to get combined with your gut feel and noticing what, what seems to bring out the best in you. And we've got so much good stuff available on, on that way of finding out more about how you take. Absolutely. And if, any, if there's any corporate people, people are listening here, that is, it, for the corporate, it's called Talent Dynamics, um, something that I, I do and I love and get huge value for my clients from. I just forgot about uh, a, a minute until I need to kind of finish and summarize the show. So have you got any key messages very quickly you'd like to leave our listeners, Hilary? Oh, very quickly. Be a frog when you need to be a frog. Engage your RAS absolutely be yourself and believe in yourself because if you don't nobody else will get clear on when and how and where you make a difference what do you bring be a bat when you need to and I think the thing that I often say is remember attitude is infectious is yours worth catching because attitude is a key key part of your career success fantastic some people say attitude determines your altitude I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Well, well, thank you so much for being on the show, Hilary, and bringing your great attitude, which I know has uh, significantly contributed to your altitude. Um, Thank you so much for being on the show. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've loved it, Chris. Thank you so much. And very best wishes to all of the listeners. And thank you. You're very welcome. If you want to find out more about Hilary, go to www.hilarywilson.net. Um, if you have any questions or feedback, please send them to chris at bemoreachievemore.com or you can leave them on my Facebook page at facebook.com slash bemoreachievemore. So do go to that and like it and, and I keep people up to date. And also um, my uh, Be More Achieve More newsletter, I keep people up to date on on thoughts on shows and current shows and various things that I'm up to and my guests are up to. So um, do join us again next week. Uh, next week um, we've got Roger Harrop, who is uh, an expert, works with CEOs, and he talks about um, sort of profitable business and really taking their helicopter perspective um, on uh, looking at your business uh, to move it forward. So do join us again next week, and uh, thank you very much for listening. We thank you for listening to Be More, Achieve More. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.